from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Welcome to The Good Atheist. My name is Jacob Forte. I'm Mr. B. You know what? That's going to be the last time I ever say Jacob Forte as a name. That's it. I'm retiring... Jacob Forte, the same way I'm retiring the good atheist. This is a bummer show, man. I'm just starting a show by saying, like, this is over. It's Numbers over. are so passe. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you just want to make a name tag out of an old calculator. What? What's your new name? My name is 14. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's better. Right. Yeah, you know, because we're all going to be numbers in the future and what have you. So I'm just, I'm just starting on early into that shit. But I don't want to be number one because that's way too much pressure. And even the first top 10 is way too much pressure. And then 11 is just a weird number. Everybody always is going to get it confused for maybe 77. So that's no good. That's no good. And 12, too much religious shit is obsessed with 12. Have you ever noticed 12 apostles, 12 fucking, uh, you know, signs of the zodiac, 12. Uh, well, it's just because of our seasons, right? I guess that's the way that it is. So 12 is no good. And 13, well, you know, I'm not a superstitious man, but you're just asking for trouble. Or you're, people are going to think that you're uh, really sinister. So the, the best and most accurate and the one that sounds like every fucking time an American says my name, which is the real reason why I'm taking this number. Yeah, 14. I will begin to take this name kind of like a stage name it's not even a name it's a number it has kind of connotations yeah, there are you know some. like uh 14 years old what 14 <laughs> inches long like there's all kinds of things you could read into no. it none of them are really accurate so okay enough about my name so some of you i wonder if there's anybody who's going to listen to the last show first Hello. i mean it's kind of like one of those quentin tarantino movies where you you see the end before you see the beginning you know what fuck it there's only one of you let's just hop on the phone and do this the old-fashioned way <laughs> so here's the i'm gonna give you guys a couple of reasons why the show is ending now i i teased the fact that maybe i was going to come back for a long time but it's it's really not happening number three will shock you anyways <laughs> You kept that one in for a long time, even I didn't, though it wasn't. I didn't. It was really not worth it. It really won't but, shock uh, you at all. It'll it, it'll seem quite logical it, when you hear it. In any case, I mean, okay. So the first the, the the first reason I've decided to not do another podcast anymore is I was waiting to see how things would play out for a while. I mean, uh, if 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 you re- watched any of the other shows or listened to other podcasts or read blogs. You'd know that probably this is the there's the most amount of animosity and division that there's ever been in what we would call the atheism quote unquote community. And I'm gonna use the quote unquote because it's really not really a community. But anyways, I digress. So the first thing is I was waiting to see how that would play out. I figured, okay, well people are going to fight with one another. That's normal. But let's see if anybody takes the high road, or let's see if there's attempts at contrition or whatever and i waited wait can we rewind for a second because yeah. you know maybe some of your new there's no fans, new no, no some of your new, new fans might go back and, and listen yeah. to the last episode of the good atheist sure so can you summarize in like 30 seconds what the fuck happened With there was what, like the a golden age of atheism yeah, i don't sure. know what 10 years ago and then it got all all shaped and you know what uh, i'll eventually summarize this but it's not I don't know if, if if we need to do it now, do we? Sure. That's, well, I don't know. I mean, no. It it it's it didn't sew itself back up. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, it, 
look the the the, you know, the the particular how would i call it exactly i would call it uh, lack of cohesion no schism? more schism schism every every movement has this look as soon as as soon as even a new religion starts uh let's say let's take islam as a perfect example muhammad dies the day after he dies all of a sudden what do you get uh you get two different branches of islam that have hated each other for 1500 years okay so that's what happens when all of a sudden people become interested in something and, and it might not just be religion sometimes it could be a really love beloved tv show it could be a, a, a franchise from a video game that you really like whatever it was there will everything on this fucking planet be it an organism or an organization will go through the same fucking process okay step one there's like the initial growth and most of the time at least if you're going to be a really successful organism slash organization that growth has to be somewhat fast and in the beginning of the atheism scene man that shit was rolling crazy fast everyone and their dog had a podcast i mean not just that i mean that's when i started but 2007 was really the beginning i would say of the golden age of 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 atheism this was when most of the major books were either coming out so you had Sam Harris, who came out with the, his book, The End of Faith, which was a really big book. Then you had, not long after, uh, you had uh, Sam, uh, not Sam Harris, you had uh, Richard Dawkins' book. And then uh, uh, you had, finally, Christopher Hitchens' book. And so the succession of, like, you know, thinkers and intellectuals and scientists or whatever, we're all coming up with really what some of them were probably their their maybe not their best work but some of their best work where you they were just nailing every fucking argument and it just felt like winning everybody was reading these books and there was a kind of a surge of confidence if you will because before then most of the time people were keeping that shit on the dl you're like i don't want to really talk about my beliefs because it's just going to fucking cause an argument is there like a little uh, a notion of first wave atheism and second wave <clears throat> atheism or is are we not there no it's no. not really well understood and if if i was to tell you the the much i mean like it, it's not like 2007 is when people started talking about atheism i mean there are plenty of blogs and and shit like that that have been talking about it for way longer than this what i'm talking about is is not just sort of like okay so you have the initial growth and and i would say i would place that probably before the big wave because you the wave is not the growth the growth is just to establish the organism right but once you start having that growth and it becomes almost exponential then you have a chance just a chance of hitting a kind of mainstream uh element and i remember that at the same time that i was doing this atheism uh, stuff. I was also doing stuff on mixed martial art, and it was having exactly the same kind of uh, t turnaround, if you will. There was like the initial interest. There was the the growth period had had finished, and now the, it was good enough that people were starting to get really interested and it hit that mainstream appeal. So by 2007 is really when I, like I said, prominent thinkers and intellectuals are writing books about it. They're having major book tours. This is when all of a sudden the shit catches fire and it happens all at the same time. This was when the Four Horsemen thing was coming out. Sam Harris, uh, Daniel Dennett, Christopher Hitchens, and uh, Richard Dawkins. And this was kind of like, a, okay, other religious beliefs people, who, who, who do you got? Right? And that's why they were called the Four Horsemen because they were so 
fucking terrifying for any other intellectual <laughs> who did not want to walk into a ring with these men and throw down because you would probably lose. You would lose really badly. So I think what this created was a bunch of confidence. And I know that I felt that shit, uh, especially when I read Sam Harris's book first. And it really felt, I felt compelled by his argument that said that it was moderacy in religion that was really the, the greater cause of its extremist versions and only because they provide a base of support for that. And I interpreted that as, as in a kind of reverse way as well, where if you are on the secular side and you didn't do anything, in a sense, your own silence was complicit towards all of the negative things that religion was doing. So that's, that's the reason why I started The Good Atheist. I'm like, well, I think I can, you know, I have a good voice. At the time, maybe not as uh, refined, maybe a little rougher. But I was like, I think I can provide my voice and and contribute something to it. And I think that, again, in that zeitgeist, that new energy, it was easy. You know, there it was just hope. flowed. It just flowed right out because it was, it was, you know, first of all, I wasn't the only one to do it. And as soon as you were reaching out to other people that were just brand new into it, and when they didn't have any cynicism, there was a lot of support from you know everybody it's it just the the word of the day was let us support each other everybody was linking to uh, one another and for the most part because it was a very concentrated thing we were attacking religion specifically there was a lot of agreement about how we should proceed with that yeah same side interesting there, debates but yeah. interested in debating the outside world and uh... and we were still very much refining at that time everybody's own arguments and and rhetoric, if you will, and all this other kind of stuff, people building their confidence. I mean, I would say that 50% of the people that listen to my show listen because I would boost their confidence about their non-belief. They'd be surrounded by people that kept talking shit, and they're like, you know what? I can't be the only one who feels this is some dumb shit. And then I would have a classic rant. You know me when I can get really ranty. And I'd have just a satisfying one. And for some of these people, it would be like, yeah, I masturbated their belief and faiths a little <laughs> bit. You know, just like, oh, yeah, thanks for that rub and tug, baby. Well, I, rem I was sort of on the outskirts but still like watching what was going on and uh i remember during the early days people would write in and, and say things like oh man you finally gave me some good arguments to take home to my super religious parents and i finally told them how i thought or uh, i'd finally disarmed that super religious teacher when he was trying to bring religion into the classroom oh yeah that's right and, and you know what i mean like it, it felt like everybody really was supporting each other and was on the same side there really was some I don't know. Uh, there was. It felt like a common movement. Well, That's what the, it looked like. At anyway. the time, also, you got to remember too that the, one of the reasons that things change is that imagine that you're like a coral. So the first, the first generation really lays the groundwork, the structure from which you grow. And the thing was, for those first exciting years, really, what everybody was building was kind of that structure. But with time, what we have now is we're eventually. The, so the coral grew. And eventually what happened is that things outside in, in terms of society, the issues that were creeping in, like for instance, uh, let's say the, 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 the weird changing gender roles stuff happened like a year before where, you know, in atheism circles where it was accused of sexism and, and all the stuff that you just hear now, basically everything being accused uh, of sexism. That came, that came into the atheism scene first and... It seemed as though we were, you know, people were dealing with it okay. I mean, there was definitely some disagreement. And, um, you know, but I think that there were most of the people were in the middle. 
kind of like in society. We're all really mostly in the middle. But it's not the people that were in the middle that chose to speak up. And when you're in the middle and you don't really care passionately about either side because you feel like that either side of the argument may have their own uh, kind of inconsistencies and hypocrisy that you're not, not really interested in dealing with, well, you're not going to be the loudest voice. You're not going to be as passionate. It's easier to hate on something than it is to be the voice of reason. And so we lost a lot of that voice of reason when people became far too passionate about issues that I think are contentious rather than really well-defined. Like when you, when you define yourself in atheism from the fact that there's no substantial reason to believe in a God, it's again, you're, you know, you're, you're putting the, the onus on other people. But when the movement started to change and made sort of statements by saying, well, we believe that this is the good of society or that this is the problem of society. Now you're making positive assertions and those are a lot more difficult to prove and especially in the atheism community with, with people's scrutiny levels already at an all-time high, they're not really willing to just kind of accept the, the lazy rhetoric that you're kind of accustomed to hearing. Did it run out of steam and they just started, you know, the movement started pointing their swords inwards and fighting each other? Or was it just the squeaky, uh, loud periphery that kind of ruined it? I think it's a... Or it's, changed uh, it. It could be a mixture of many things. The first thing is is the fact that I think for a while I was almost getting caught in this trap. It's always easier to talk about shit that's going on in your own, your own little pool than to bother to find out what's going on outside of it. I mean, I'm going to tell you something that's really terrifying. It's just, it just seemed like a tangent. But there are only two newspapers in the United States that have foreign correspondents now. The two. LA Times and the New York Times. Everyone else has said, fuck that shit. We're, we're done with this whole going to the outside world and actually... You know, putting your boots on the ground to find out what the news is. We'll just get it from AP and, and whatever other sources. So what do you think the quality of your information is when that's your attitude? So I think that because everybody started being in their own camps, not going really outside of their own circles, it was easier for them to attack each other as, as sort of like, um, you know, for lack of, I, I almost want to say purity in a sense, for, for not having the pure idea of non-belief that somebody else had the second problem that you noticed was and i'm and this involves me is that the growth of pseudo celebrity in the atheism movement so you know people like me that were basically trying to hustle their way into kind of doing this for a living ruined it in a lot of ways because we were so dependent on creating a, a news cycle that we were basically doing what cnn does with our very own belief we were never really putting the focus on the quality of the work it was always on the quantity. And so it just basically became easier to infight really mm -hmm. than, than do the hard work of actually researching shit that mattered. So so where does the movement go from here? Does it disband? Does it wait another decade and you know refocus one day or who knows? Well, you're always going to have a problem, I think, at the end of the day when atheists think, <clears throat> what do we do with, a, with an, an affirmation of the negative? <laughs> <laughs> right like if you were going around saying i'm going i love this jesus dude i'm going to tell everybody about it that's that's an easier almost positive thing in your mind right but on our end it we start from a negative position where i'm gonna to have to shit on somebody's parade i mean like that's basically where it begins <laughs> and and this leads me to probably the second reason why i wanted to stop the podcast so we're, we're going to move outside of the atheism fighting itself thing we might come back to it but the next thing i wanted to mention is the fact that 
when you're dealing with non-belief and and that kind of stuff, you're dealing with a really segmented part of the population. And that segment is the part of the population that wants to try to figure themselves out. Okay? Right. And let me tell you, that's a fucking tiny minority of people, okay? Most are not really questioning their identity, their fucking worldview, or even why they're working at their shit job, okay? Most people don't have the time for that. And when you try to force that on them, they have probably a litany of reasons why they don't want to do it. And they're probably pretty good reasons. I mean, most people are exhausted. I mean, you work more than a medieval peasant, dude. They had three <laughs> times more fucking vacation days than you did. And they didn't work when the sun went down. You know, they didn't have to fucking answer emails when they, uh, you know, when it's dark. So, yeah, you work like a dog and you get fucking paid shit. All right? So, yeah, you're going to be a little stressed. You don't have it. a lot of extra bandwidth for self-help nope. and uh, development yeah no and and there's another part of of the human psyche that makes this really difficult it's that people's belief will inherently be tied to their idea of self so when you challenge that in a sense you're insulting them first oh and there's so many other strong forces that influence their idea of self like their family like their state like their town like their their colleagues, right? Their job, and all of those profession. things could actually be related to one thing: religion, their state, their family, their their town might all be related to this one kind of religion thing that ties them all together. Yeah, and you know, deep down, even if they know their inconsistencies and problems with their religion, the social cost of leaving for other reasons would be is too, too high. high. Too high. Family would reject them. <laughs> Refreshing. <laughs> so. I understand the fact that, you know, you're dealing again when I, when I was thinking, okay, what numbers can I really achieve with what I'm with what I want to do? And I'm not talking here of just saying, well, you could just try doing all this social media blah blah. No. Okay? First of all, no. I do not want to have garbage following me, okay? I'm looking for quality listeners. I don't care if it takes more fucking time, but I don't want just some some dipshit strategy to trick someone into subscribing. You know where the button is. If you like that shit, you will. And that's everybody who's ever followed The Good Atheist had to fucking find out how to do it. All right. I got this great idea for a podcast. It's called Hey Guys. <laughs> Hit subscribe. Hit subscribe, the podcast. <laughs> hey guys. So, you know, generally speaking, I, I, you know, I was like asking myself, how many people can I get and how big can I be? And the, I had to admit to myself that I was really going to be limited in scope by this and I keep wondering I'm like I, I think that the, I have bigger things to say now, that's not to mean that I don't still care about the harm that religious do, religion does in society but I learned a lot of lessons in all these years that I've been doing this and the most important lesson that I learned is that you can't convince someone of the way that you think by bashing them in the head with your ideological stick it doesn't work so the pie is like at one, at one time it seems sort of infinite it was a growth thing. It was a movement. It was exciting. People were helping each other. But now that there's all this infighting and there's sort of no direction anymore, putting up with those limited limited stakes seems like too much to put up with. And it's just, yeah, it's not exciting career-wise. It's not exciting creatively. No. And and this, this now leads me to the third point about why I wanted to quit. And this has to do with the fact that... There's, there's been a really terrifying development, as far as I'm concerned, with the way in which... There's always been an element of this, but it's gotten worse, in which the, the West has decided to abandon its own, its own values. And what I mean by that is it, it seems that 
there's a there's a word that I want everyone to think on and 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 to really distrust, and that's intersectionality. Okay, this is a this is a really ugly word. What this word basically means is that in order for people to quote unquote work together and therefore to be tolerance, you have to work with uh, groups that have really conflicting beliefs that may in fact, you know, uh, bring your whole house of cards down. And, I'm, and, I'm, and by that, I mean, a, a, there's a lot of developments. Like, let's say there are groups of, uh, of, of women that, are, that, that fight for these Islamic groups to have more of their own sort of rights, but the right to separate their women from the men. You understand how that is a weird thing for a group of feminists to be supporting? Well, it's all because of this nasty kind of ideological blinders that are being put on by people who think that as long as everybody gets along, society will be better, right? Like if we just if we just kind of all bury that shit, right? If you just kind of like lock your your controversial opinion up if you don't say anything you won't contribute to a nasty culture and then eventually because no one says anything bad outright everything will get better and what's weird about that is that the left has essentially become the conservative right of the 1980s you know the whole pleasant society people who said that you had to be nice self-censorship yeah 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 be like don't don't say anything that rocks the boat and all of this was really a religious impulse once upon a time because they were saying that you know they used religion as 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 a kind of uh as as a booster for that nowadays uh, you know the 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 left which is not typically very religious and and perhaps part of its losing its religiosity has transferred to something else as a kind of uh, you know, a cult of social welfare, I guess you could say, where there's really not much thought being put into a, a lot of these things where they basically think, again, they will, they will really, they will violate the principles of Western democracy. Like for instance, push towards laws that limit free speech because they think that offense is really more dangerous than this sort of like small move towards censorship and dictatorship. These are people who've never really lived in places where you can't speak your mind. And so mm -hmm. they've, they're willing to abandon these values because they've never really been faced with the consequences of losing those values. They're not the, the type who would defend other people's right to say whatever they want, even if it's offensive. Kind of thing. Exactly. Right, well, right, there are right. also people you know, uh, on the left that would sort of like say that uh, they would push for uh, more of these almost blasphemy laws because, again, they're like, well, we don't want to offend people and, you know, we're, we're, we're creating a, a hostile environment by allowing this kind of speech and so on and so forth. I mean, even Britain was toying with the idea of making, uh, you know, uh, sexual harassment in terms of just like street talk, uh, something that could uh, get person jailed. And you're, you're kind of like, this is, the, but Britain has always been pretty scary about that. In fact, Europe has a history of jailing people for, for basically thought crime, for, for, the, for saying something that made people uncomfortable. Hmm. But the, the thing that scares me the most about that is it used to be that the left was always about trying to, you know, shake up society of just being like, we need to be controversial and so on and so forth. But really that controversy, when you look at it, was merely a, a, a kind of tactic, if you will, to destabilize the right. But when, when they're in power, now there's a different kind of 
Puritanism hmm. that also finds itself be like, well, they're not interested in controversy. In fact, they're they're the they're the unlikeliest person to defend against or to defend you if you're being controversial. And so it's it, that's the that's the other reason where I'm like, you know what, this 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 shift like what how would christopher hitchens feel about this entire thing a man who defended a holocaust denier uh because he said you look it's odious speech but i'd rather hear it and i will not fucking abandon these principles how would he feel about this well i i i think he would be aghast he would be aghast and i am aghast i am deeply disturbed by that and i felt that weight of censorship on myself and i'm like you know what i'm not gonna fucking put up with that shit i'm gonna call it out but again i don't want to do it as this old tired identity that could move forward well and what's the premise behind all of this is is it really realistic to expect that by stopping people from saying hateful things that they won't think them or, or act upon them i mean it's almost like if you could get two world leaders to stop dropping bombs on each other and just play play chess instead, it's like, why don't we get all the, all these nasty things out in words and debate and, and value that more than, I don't know, just pretending it's not happening. That I, I don't the, quite well, the, get okay, the logic. So the, I understand that people can be very offended by things, but... No, but you're you're looking the at your speech looking, is the the effect, not know, the cause, Tom, right? Tom, forget all this shit. Okay? So I'm, because I'm just, I'm, what I'm you're just seeing, to understand where it's coming. So from. What you're seeing is like the Brownian motion level of shit, right? You're seeing the vibrations, a little piece of pollen. You're figuring that's where it all ends. But you gotta look a little bit deeper to realize what the fuck is causing that shit. Okay, like, I'm 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 getting quantum on you here, and what I'm gonna just say is that the real reason why people are acting this way is for the need to appear self righteous. And, uh, and and maybe this goes to another kind of like reason why, well, maybe not a significant reason, but another reason why I wanted to drop the, the good atheist persona is because there's a great thing about time as time goes on is that it provides you with so much perspective and wisdom that it, you, know, you, you can't even understand how much you'll learn given enough time. And what I've learned by rereading a lot of my old articles is that I didn't like a lot of the tone that I took. I felt petulant. In my in, in what I was writing, I felt that I was quick to rush to judgment. That I didn't allow myself to sort of give even my own enemy the benefit of the doubt. Right? Like I was just, and but I, mean, I was doing it for simple reasons. I wanted clicks. I wanted attention. I wanted headlines that grabbed people's attention. And you know, I was I was pretty good at that for a while. But when I reread it, I'm not happy with the result. I find that it's it's basically the attitude of almost a teenager, right? Like just someone raging against all of that. Uh, and, you know, while I'm not saying that some of it wasn't warranted, you know, I don't want to throw myself entirely under the bus here because there's definitely some things that I'll stand behind and say, I think that petulance is a kind of necessary quality, especially when you're dealing with the ridiculousness of religion. I mean, you... You almost need to be childish to fight such childish ideas. But in any case, when I, as I grow older, I kind of want to take the bit of the higher or the the, uh, the, the, the higher road. I want to, I want to, I'm an adult or, I'm, or at least I'm growing into one and I can't stop it. So I would very much like to be able to say on the points that I was trying to make, I was being more than just a cartoon character that... He wanted to spout anything out of his mouth. That I was just a little bit more careful and cautious. 
So, I mean, I guess, I guess part of it is just that you, when you look back on what you were saying, I'm like, I'm not sure how helpful I was. I feel like the good atheist spoke to a lot of people that agreed with what I already had to say. Though I will admit that I do appreciate the fact that I, I think that I grew the confidence of a lot of people. And you need that for a while. But confidence can also be very detrimental to your development. It can make you very blind, which is the problem with a lot of atheists and why they're fighting because they're they're blind they they're self righteous because they you know they're like well I'm right about this so I must be right about other things well you know uh, let's let's back <laughs> that train up a little uh, it's easy to just claim it's easy to destroy these 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 fucking disturbingly easy easily just destroyed fucking cosmogenies but when you're actually dealing with the, the fundamentals of how do we deal with human morality and and what is how do we do right by people but how do we also have a world in which we're not just giving everything away with human humans don't like that they they like challenge and struggle and some amount of pain with their pleasure human beings are complex okay is what I'm saying and I am so sick and tired of everyone who wants to live in the what could be world or what should be what the fuck is this nonsense you can never live in a what should be world, okay? Understand the flaws and problems of humanity and deal with them face to face and be honest about them. But I still feel like there's so much about ourselves we can't be honest about. You know, we just don't want. Hmm. So this new stuff that I'm working on, which we're going to be talking about near the end because no one can remember something in the middle of a show. No. There's no fucking point in bringing don't it up. Don't even try. Don't even try. Yeah, so so it sounds like there are there are a lot of reasons pushing you out and uh, a few reasons sort of drawing you out. There's something new you want to do. Um, it, it, it seems like, are, are there any atheist podcasters that are like... Transition? That are left and from the original set or has everyone pretty much changed their game? No, but see, this is, this is part of the problem too is I think that a lot of people who did have shows on atheism should have left... Or should have officially, well, or, or just to officially say, well, I'm doing something different now, because, right. and that's perfectly respectable. But I think that you should do it as a different identity, and this is again why I'm like, I wanted to put the cap on the good atheist and say, look, I think I did a lot of good work. Some of it I'm not that proud of. Some of it I'm very proud of, but you know, that's the good atheist stuff. That's the stuff that if you're really curious about your own life, that you want, you want to figure this whole religion shit out, you should check out, and it will. We're going to try to keep it there for like the next like hundred fucking years if we can. But I don't want to keep doing that. I'm like, this is, I'm not a hamster in a wheel, man. I need a break. <laughs> I need to do something else. And I mean, you'll be the first to testify that I am, I'm a guy who has to pick what he's going to, you know, do from the bucket of ideas is just sort of like floating around in his head. And it's the hardest choices I have to make in my life is picking what fucking ideas I have to do and which ones I have to abandon forever. I don't like it. I don't like having to take a good idea and say, fuck you idea. I got too much going on. Yeah, see, I don't like that. So it's not for lack of inspiration, leaving uh, the good atheist. It's or, or putting a cap on this sort of arc. Um, it's that there are too many things going on that, that just don't fit into don't the old fit. model anymore. They don't yeah. fit. Look, if you were watching a movie review site, just as a classic example, and the guy was called The Good Christian. I mean, don't don't be a liar. You know that you're probably not going to fucking check that shit out because you're like, oh, is he going to talk about goddamn Jesus while he's watching it? He probably won't 
But if he was if he was dumb enough to think that he could take his fucking online persona about something different and move it along to something new, well then he's a dipshit, and you should realize that no, that's gonna hold you back, dog. It's disingenuous. I mean, if I had the good atheist in front of anything new that I'm trying to make. I already know that it causes problems, all right? It's caused problems for me to want to have, I don't know, like even reach out to people to arrange interviews for potential podcasts that are not related to religion. But then, of course, you're like, hey, hi, I'm the good atheist. Would you like to do a podcast with me? No, I don't want to talk about my faith. They would be really smart to assume that, right? Like pretty fucking smart. Like, uh, so... This is why I've had to say it is now time to put this puppy down, shoot it like a dog. I mean, it's not the first time that I've said that I was going to kill it. But now, I mean, I'm, I'm putting out the bowl of, uh, of uh, windshield wiper fluid near the cat. Okay? This is happening. <laughs> Yikes. That's the poor man's, like, really nice way to put him down. Okay? Mm. It's true. They just lick it and eat it, and then they go to sleep, and then I wake up. Hmm. So... <laughs> It's I don't dark. want to tell you how to murder your cat, but I guess I just did. It's dark. <laughs> I hope that people realize that I'm not quitting podcasting. In fact, I'm going to tell you some uh, some kind of dark secret, which leads me to explain. I want to explain to people why I teased them for so long with the idea that I was going to come back with a good atheist. I thought for a while that I could, even even ignoring all the stuff that was happening in the scene. I'm like, I think I can do it. I can just talk about my own shit. But I was... Uh, I was, I would say, in a depression for five years. And podcasts, at least the really good podcasts, always involve some portion of your own personal life. I mean, you got to be honest. You got to be open. And I don't, I didn't want to be open and honest about my fucking life at that point, you know? So I wasn't in a good place. Not in a good place to make a podcast. And I would recommend to anyone thinking about making content that if you're not right in the head, don't make a show, man. The internet should not be your therapist, okay? Like, I can't I can't stress this enough to people who put some of the most disturbing shit on YouTube about themselves. This is not a therapy session, okay? <laughs> and, I repeat. Uh, yeah, and, and especially in the, like, disable comments if, if you're going to do that. Please, please. The internet is not there to help you. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I suppose this is probably one of the reasons that I've been hesitating to start my new show. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about this new show that I'm doing, which is probably one of the reasons why Mr. B is doing this, because he's uh, he's on the new show. And Mr. B had to go through a bit of a training period. You can't just start a man on a podcast and say, let's do this. No, You'll no, OD. No. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And plus, you got to know your voice. Knowing your voice on the radio or... It's, it's actually, I think that the, the sequence is knowing how to speak to an audience that's not yet there. This is the part of your brain that you have to kind of get going. I close my eyes and I can see you all. Like, I'm not talking to Mr. B. I'm talking to an entity that's not here now, but that will hopefully be there in the thousands, I don't know, in a couple of years when this shit matters. I don't know when, okay? We live in a relativistic bubble here. You know, we're just talking to one big AI. There are no human yeah, listeners in five yeah. years. We're a simulation. I'm talking to no one. This is a sick experiment to find out we're how just, long it takes for us to We're crack. training this really crazy atheist AI. That's all we're doing. Mm -hmm. That's bot. the only significant thing we're doing. We're training the bot. 
Yeah, he's going to be arguing with uh, Deepak Chopra. That's our bot that we're designing. <laughs> he's all day. He's going to exhaust this man until he dies. So, Chopra-bot. so yeah, so I was I was in a depression. For those of you who, who remember, I was in a relationship for a long time. And uh, its uh, its destruction was quite detrimental on me. So it took me a while to kind of recoup. And plus, you know, right after the breakup, I had to produce a book. And so I spent two years working really hard to get that done. And I think I thought that once it would be out, it would be successful enough that I would feel, I don't know, revitalized by it. But that has not been the case. So it has had a bit of the opposite effect as well. So let's say you've spent years of your life working on something and you're selling like, a copy a month, it's not going to really be that great of a booster. Not a great booster. It's no way to be. No. So, and and for a while I was experimenting with some new stuff. And one of the experiments that I came up with, which is something that, that B liked a lot, uh, more than a lot, I guess, was this idea that I had for this magazine. Now, uh, it helped that I kind of like put a little bit of work into actually designing the stupid fucking thing. And like thinking out a really good name and then having like a little sidekick character. I mean, this is a fully developed idea here. And originally, I thought I was going to make this as a short story magazine. And I learned a very important lesson. Nobody fucking reads anymore. I mean, print is so dead that you would rather go to a website where there's an article. But if there's a video that just basically reads what the article's saying, you're fucking going to click on it. Don't don't lie. All right. You, you don't even read articles you skip first of all in an article you probably skip the first two paragraphs because you know they're bullshit all right my especially just one of the, two especially one of those long ones where they Ooh. figure oh i'm gonna get all fancy in the beginning oh my god man get on with it you scroll to the bottom you think it's over and then it's like one of nine. Oh, oh please don't Jesus. kill me yeah so i mean that's that's how we are i mean i'm i'm, I'm like that partly so i guess i can't complain i just thought you know, with the ease of the internet and the amount that we appear to be reading, I had I was foolish enough to think that there would be this new movement where where, where the short story was going to be big again, and and I I kind of put my eggs in that basket. That was a little you know in the wrong direction. I won't lie, a man learns from his mistake. I just thought 2016 is going to be the year of the short story magazine. Mm, maybe the short mm. video mag or something like that. Well, it's just it thematically it made sense. You got to remember it that did. this was like the time where the retro was coming back, and I'm like, oh, you know what? People would really love these retro short story magazine and amazing stories magazine. The original one that was printed, I think 1929 or even earlier than that, had made a comeback. They were re-releasing shit. I was like, oh fuck, it could be number two. Well, you know, maybe it's not entirely dead, but I think uh, maybe ten years ahead of that shit. I, I it's not going to really take off. It's one, not, it one day you'll have a little like zine and it'll show up in a truck stop. Someone will find it and you'll have your big break. So maybe, maybe speaking of break, maybe a lot of you thought that in the I think it, I, it must have been like three years since I put the last podcast that I have been taking a break from podcasting, but that is uh, not true. I'm like a crazy psycho who records podcasts and then I don't release them. You're like the prince of podcasting. There's a vault. You're taking a lot the of Michael weird... Michael Faraday of podcasting. Weird drugs and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just putting stuff out there and I'm like... But but not on the internet because I'm like, it's no. not ready or... Post it to the vault. 
And, but part of the problem too is that when I was when I started podcasting, podcasting was still kind of like it was it was well not that it was new but it was just getting again again it was like that whole um, the growth phase was over and now it was starting to hit the mainstream you know like everybody was starting to come out with a podcast um, because they were cheap and easy and so on and so forth right so there were there were only so many podcasts at the time and I remember I mean I I got emails even from people who were saying I was thinking about starting a podcast and then I heard yours and I said I quit. <laughs> They're like, either this sounds like too much work or you're doing a better job than I think I could. So I'm not going to do it. So, the, you know, competition was uh, not that fierce. But today, especially with like the fact that your goddamn computer has a camera on it and you can just hit this button on your movie maker shit that will publish anything you want to YouTube, every fucking asshole and their mother has a damn show and every time i i would see one of those accidentally pop into my feed of uh, videos to watch it would depress me to no end dude i'm like oh my god this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be another one of these dipshits that's just fucking talking out of their ass the new reality is you have to flip a switch off to stop podcasting when you get a new phone or computer you're always podcasting you have a stream of Instagram. You have a stream of Facebook stuff. Like yeah. everyone is basically casting their they're, entire they're life, vomiting their shit right at you. It, it, and I'm it, like, it, I want to be another voice in this goddamn bullshit. It's hard to find good stuff. But yeah, guys. fine. It's hard to find good stuff. But there's so much crap out there. Is imagine that you decided I'm going to make the most beautiful sandwich. But the problem was is that it was hidden in a garbage truck. Okay. Mm. You still going to eat that sandwich or are you going to be so sick by the time you fucking get to this primo sandwich that you're going to be vomiting it up anyways? So, you know, my my general problem is I was I was kind of waiting for everyone to kind of quit. Because it was easy it was e actually easier with podcasting. You would get zero followers and then you would just quit. But nowadays because people will have you know, they'll think that there's thousands of views even though those are probably all robots. But whatever it makes them keep on publishing, even though no one is actually fucking listening, and it's just it. How many hours every day gets published on YouTube? It's insane. It's nuts. Like eighteen centuries every minute. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't stop. And I mean, there's there's still a part of me that is like, I don't want to put anything out. But I I won't lie that there are strangers that almost pressure me to start a podcast. There are people who are like, why don't you start a podcast? You should, you should do, you should have a show, especially really drunk people too. Oh man, they will not leave me alone. Have you ever podcasted? Oh man, you gotta totally. If you had a podcast, I'd totally listen to it. These are real conversations I have with people. They're like, "Wow, you're really interesting. You should have a show." You're really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm like, I don't think I can stop really podcasting but you know those same people that said if you had a podcast i'd listen to it if i said oh i do it's an atheism podcast pass. pass exactly so it's time for jacob to fly 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 away and now let's talk a little bit about what the new project is because we have to remind people where they're going to need to subscribe to a new show if you want to be able to have weekly content again you know like the good old days well, it's going to be something entirely different now. You're going to have to go to a new website, subscribe to a new podcast. Now, Jacob, tell us, is it a proper... 
polite podcast, like masterpiece theater. No. What do we have in store? <laughs> we have. Here's what I like about this new show. So uh, the the new thing that I started was called it's called Sketchy, and the idea of Sketchy seems legit. The idea of Sketchy is kind of like everything that I've ever wanted to do that was somewhat subversive is right there in Sketchy. Now, subversive does not always mean that you're being dirty, raunchy, nasty, or even that you're, you're fucking swearing like a madman. But it sometimes does. It definitely sometimes does. But for me, subversion is sometimes itself subversive. I mean, think about what subversive means, right? It doesn't mean that it's right in your fucking face. It means that you're slowly being convinced of something without really knowing it. That's that's it's that's the beauty of it. So, you know, when, we, when I was talking about how do we convince people rather than trying to hit them with your ideological stick, well, what you do is you entice them with a nice subversive story, subversive idea that implants the kind of shit that you want them to be thinking about. Be a bit of a troublemaker. Stir things up. Stir things up, exactly. So we have there's a few ideas that we're still developing. We're gonna have we're gonna do the regular me shit talking podcast that you guys you know i've come to appreciate over the years that that'll be there but we're also going to be experimenting with a lot of different stuff because for us when we say the 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 name of the website is sketchy mag m-a-g like magazine but for us m-a-g is actually an acronym it's not it doesn't stand for magazine well i mean it kind of does but it doesn't it stands for media action group see as far as we're concerned media is meant to be subverted it is part of the fucking problem. I mean, this whole thing, this whole notion that the media is some fifth estate bullshit. It's doing a pretty bad job. First of all, why would you allow the fifth estate to be owned by some of the wealthiest corporations in the world? That sounds real responsible. They're re- they are going to keep us informed. Get the fuck out of here, man. We're sketchy mag, and what do we hate? Hypocrites. We do. We hate a lot of hypocrites. So there's a, there's a chance that some of you who listen to my old show will probably not agree with everything that I'm going to do. You might even be shocked by it. Some of you may even be targeted. But that's Just fine. No, I mean, won't. like, I don't think not that... not famous enough. I think that in if that's the case and you don't want to really follow what Sketchy Mag is all about, we had a good run. I hope you appreciate all the things that I did. Don't hit the Don't let the door hit you on your way out. For the rest of you guys that have always been like, look, Jacob, I don't give a shit what you do. I'm just going to follow it, whatever. Welcome aboard. There will be links to the fucking show uh, on the website. I will even probably be sending out emails to all of those of you that have uh, contributed in the past. Giving you really, I'm not going to spam you with a giant thing. I'm going to just send you a link. You want to go to the new website, www.sketchymag.com? I know it's a really tough one to remember, but hey, people are going to be pretty forgetful. So you're going to go there, and then you can subscribe to our podcast. There'll be a podcast, a little option. You you can go there, and you'll be able to subscribe. You'll be able to also go to YouTube channel, our YouTube channel, to listen to it there, because that's what everybody just does now. They don't even fucking subscribe to podcasts. That's like, it's like a, so 2007, old man. That's like 10 years ago. I would like to transfer an MP3 to my local device. I even remember when there was a time where you were like, oh man, I better compress these MP3s to be something really small. No one's going to want to download a 50 meg file. That'll take forever. (laughs) It'll take all day. They'll they'll complain. They won't fit on their uh, one gig uh, music machine. How will they fit a second show? (laughs) So um, 
I don't know. I guess I guess I'm hopeful that a lot of you that are listening to this will come on board because you know the truth is the faster we grow, the better it is. And the beauty is, by the time you go to the new show, there won't be one or two shows. No, there'll be a dozen shows for you to listen to. Because the truth is, I've been just recording shows with B for fucking a whole year. And I picked the best ones and the rest of them, I just threw them in the fucking trash. So what kind of themes uh, can our viewers and listeners expect? Sketchy history? Oh, sketchy we're gonna, we're gonna, science? We cover all kinds of things, actually. We talk, Sketchy cocktails? We did talk. We I think there's a podcast where we talk significantly about uh, scientific things like irrational numbers. Uh, there's one podcast where we talked about World War One. There's a podcast we did about the Unabomber. There's a podcast we did about uh, the Olympic Games. Well, so I think we did a few about the Olympics. Yeah, those ones. Were that really was actually. sketchy those, as fuck. Yeah, that was so sketchy. And you know what? I I was I was even thinking when we recorded it because we were originally thinking of trying to you know ride the Olympic wave to release our podcast, but that never happened. We published to the vault. We were we were thinking, oh, you know what? There's no way that these are still gonna be good. Yeah, the fuck they aren't. You should. You will remember what a fucking disaster these these Olympics were. But you know, don't worry. Show. Not all is lost. We still have one special guest from the good old atheist days. It's Goud himself. Goud. Goud features in many it's many true. of our. It's true. It's one works. of the. It's one of the things that God voice has come back, and we're gonna keep it. The God voice is basically every time it comes on, it's to try to sell one of my books. Who knew that's the one thing that would be salvaged? Mm, Goud himself. I'm pretty sure I knew already. I mean that was a that was a big favorite, and he is he is the main character of my book. Let's not forget. By the way, if you're listening to it and you still haven't read it, or you don't even remember that I actually did finish it, yes, the book is finished. It's still in ebook format. I know that's probably really frustrating to you out there who think that publishing a book is really simple and cheap, and you are very mistaken sir you're very 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 mistaken so yes that's still available you can still go to the goodatheist.net or jacobforte.com and pick up a copy if you have not done so the review so far from everybody who's read it has been amazing but and they put that in capitals but i'll be fair these were people that were fans so i mean it's up to you to decide how objective they are when they email me they may not be that objective but still i think i did a great job and if you Want to read the Bible and be as familiar with it as your pastor? Then I strongly remember, you know, recommend that you uh, pick it up. So, it's it's kind of ironic though, eh? like with religion in decline, maybe uh, an offshoot of some atheist podcast will actually, you know, bring more uh, goud to more people. Well, here's what I hope: I hope that people will discover me backwards. I hope that let's say in 20 years and maybe I'm devi- even doing something different and a person types in my name in Google and they find the good atheist amongst the list of other things and then they go back and they listen to all these shows, they read all the articles and they find a new dimension of me that they never knew possible. But you know, I'm a human being with many dimensions and many more than the ones that I've been uh, showcasing for these 7 years. I've I mean, even those of you that used to listen to my other podcast, the one on mixed martial art, I mean, how does that even, it's not even similar at all. It was completely different. And so I'm kind of doing something that's maybe not as different, but it will definitely not be something that you will expect. The focus of Sketchy is really much more on uh, biting satire and comedy. So, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of all right. And, uh, we're hoping that uh, if you if you like the stuff that we did in the past, that you're going to be a supporter of this new thing. We're going to basically eventually have a Patreon campaign 
to start the sketchy publishing arm, like the real business. But I don't want to do one of those things where, oh, I want money to quit my job. I found a job. I'm financially stable. I want money to pay other people. I want money to pay other artists that are going to be working for me and that kind of shit. You know, really get that thing up and rolling before I finally decide, you know what, I'm going to do this as a full-time gig. I learned a lot of lessons in these past years. You know, I'm not going to quit my job to just do some, you know, project. But I, I do know that if, whenever I put my passion into something, well, usually it uh, it ends up being pretty decent. So I, I think that you guys... If you've enjoyed the stuff that I've done in the past, this should, this should excite you. I mean, I don't think Mr. B would be part of the project if he wasn't excited. I, this is, might seem unorthodox, but we actually have a special caller. I'm going to cut him in right now. It's uh, it's Gout. I got a message for the Gnadius. You're a fucking quitter, dude. What a quitter. I guess I win. Huh? That's what happened. Oh, you, well, you didn't make enough money, you little crybaby bitch. Now you're just running away from me. Fine, whatever. I win. But that's that's how it is. You know, we're like, what, 80% of the world still believes in me? What did you really do? Convince a bunch of people that were already going to become atheists and becoming atheists like a fraction of a second faster? You should really fucking pat yourself on the back for that one, you winner. Okay. Uh, thanks, Goud. See you in hell, you little bastard. Well, that was weird, yeah. We don't often get huh. callers. Mostly because Strange. we don't we don't have a call-in system, but I guess when you're God, you can just sort of, when you're all powerful, right? Can you get can, through any you can tube finally you want. Hack any tube you want. The internet, it just it just requires you to be all powerful, or 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 just be anonymous or something. <laughs> He's like Neo, but for spirits. So I guess that pretty much wraps everything up. I mean, I I don't want to get too <clears throat> nostalgic or too cry about this. I mean, it was seven years of my life that I spent. For the most part, almost at, at at the height of it, twice a week we were doing shows. Like it was getting pretty crazy for a while. You're a uh, junkie, and uh, and then we got really inconsistent, consistent again, and then super mega inconsistent. But uh, I guess that all things that usually die don't they don't die dra- you know dramatically and cleanly like they do in the movies. It's usually just like a slow painful march towards oblivion i guess <laughs> i guess uh yeah but you know uh you had to rot underground for that new flower called sketchy mag to grow out of the ground and the, the cycle of podcast life continues and what i think i just really also needed was an opportunity to flex some of my other muscles and uh, good atheists could never do that well, yeah, you have the script writing muscle, you have the visual art muscle, you have the short story muscle. I got and a couple novels in me, too. A couple novels in you, the whole, like, obsessive history, calling sure. out the hypocrites of uh, old-timey days. I even want to do, like, uh, one day a show on uh, the history of some of our foods that we eat and take for granted, like the chickpea or the almond. They have fascinating histories of these foods. Stay tuned. Not something that you really want to hear from the good atheist, is it? The history of the chickpea brought to you by the good atheist. You see how that does not gel? I don't everybody? get the atheism angle. Yeah, well, what's up with that? Yeah, that's confusion. No more of that. Now, Mr. 14 is here to tell you that we're going to transition. So I, I really, I strongly urge you, if you, were, if you loved the stuff that I produced in the past... I think you you may potentially love this more because 
I'm not tethered anymore. The shackles are off. The shackles are off. And I get to, I get to rant about anything I want. And some of those rants are going to be pretty fucking epic because I'm a mad guy. And I wasn't, I've, I've never just been mad about religion. Are you kidding me? I got a lot of shit in me. I got a lot of glorious rants that are, that have yet to come out of me that I think that you're going to want to listen to. And I think that we should just be a regular part of your uh, daily lives like it used to be. My, one of my favorite things that I'm going to miss is that I know that there are some people out there that used to make me part of their uh, schedule in a way that I thought was really sweet. Like I remember one time I went to North Carolina and there was a family that came to see me speak. It was one of the only times I ever actually gave a speech. And so the whole family was there. It was like the mom, the dad, and the twin boys. And they were all like, oh yeah, you know, we sit down, we listen to your show together. I'm like, what? Wow, that's weird, but flattering, but weird. I know, right? Like that's a fucking weird and flattering like little weird shit. You got, this is a family thing? You all sit down and be like, let's listen to this I would advise against it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you didn't learn anything. That's for sure. (laughs) But I I mean, that was one of my favorite things too. And, and, and meeting some of the, uh, you know, some of the listeners over the years. In fact, some of them, I, you know, I still, uh, you know, talk to all the time. One of them I game with almost every other day. Uh, so, you know, I feel, I feel pretty lucky in that sense. Uh, I've gained a lot of experience, but I think it's time to take that experience and really, fucking fly with it i think you guys would be surprised what i am capable of you're gonna feel like this atheism stuff was just a small fry the small potatoes yeah we can do without the potatoes and a shitty irish accent i think we can do without both those things (laughs) that's in poor taste i'm sorry what accent is that now poor taste oh yeah not even close yeah, you're not you're you're not uh, gonna be the voice man either. We gotta we're gonna have to bring a colorful. It's kind of like a Wilfred combo. Brimley and Quaker Oats guy. Poor taste, <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> yeah, that kind of guy. So uh, I guess the last thing I'm gonna tell you guys is just a quick reminder again. Get on with it. Go to sketchymag.com and just follow us for the rest of it. So I guess with that, my name is Jacob Fortin. Monsieur B. Have a good atheist life, everybody.